All right. I think that's about it. That's good. Have a seat if you would. So some of you know that I worked with uh, church planters around North America for a while, and I thought it was so weird when I heard of a church up in the Northwest that they, they sang, and then they took a coffee break, and then the pastor preached. I thought, that's one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. And now we do it. So I don't know, you know, somebody said, why? I said, because I want them to be awake when I speak, all right? So, Johnny, was there, is there something I'm missing? Somebody supposed to be helping now? Are we good? It's Nick. Speaking of Nick, you know, Nick, we, we had everybody find the second Nick, the, you know, a few weeks back. And I just want to go on record of saying, as, as Nick and Edie were leading us this morning, they came here for weeks. And I didn't know he could play the guitar, piano, sing. I didn't know any of that. And, and we became friends. And uh, Jay said it's like a page right out of the playbook because, you know, we could bring in people that could do music and try to fill the platform with a lot of very talented musicians. But we just said, no, let's just pray that somebody will want to be part of us first and then we'll discover their gifts. And that's exactly what happened with you guys. I had no clue. I'm so glad you knew I loved you before I knew you could do this, all right? Uh, but uh, I really am so glad people could tell you that we've been praying for months. Somebody could sit right here and play the keys for us because I think it adds so much to a service. And so we're, we're so glad that God's led you guys our way. Now, you'll always be Nick number one, you know, Aww. unless... Unless, unless, we, unless we start calling you bones, but we'll see, all right? All right. You can call me whatever, just don't call me late for dinner. There you go, all right. You know, Nick, you've been very faithful for a long time helping us, and every week you're here doing something to make this happen, and I'm glad this morning you could step up. You need a microphone, don't you? Yeah. You know how that works, don't you? I mean, you've done that before, right? All right. I've done a few things. Yeah. All right, so why don't you just... Uh, Tell us that you're glad you're here, and then read the scripture for us, could you? Yeah, I'm right. glad everybody's here. Like, this is awesome <laughs> having so many people here. So, uh, good morning. I'm going to read from uh, Proverbs 3. Our, um, our scripture today is in uh, verse 5 and 6. It should be up on the screen for you guys to follow along. Um, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, uh, know him, and he will make your path straight. So, there you go. Amen. Al, take it away. All right, thanks. So what do you do when you need direction? I mean, it could be a big decision, could be a crisis, could be something really small. What do you do? You feel like you need direction. This morning, I want to have us look at two and one is in the New Testament and one is the one that just read. I'm going to ask you to turn to James chapter 1 first. And in James chapter 1, what do you do when you don't know what to do? When you need perspective. You know, some people, I think, seem to overdo it. They, act, they can't do anything until they get some special word from God. I mean, they're just, they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And they just, they seem to be just immobilized because they can't find direction. And 
I know sometimes people say, you know, what should I do? Well, why don't you start with what you know you ought to do, all right? I mean, you know you ought to love others. You ought to do what's right. You ought to tell the truth. You ought to work hard. You ought to provide for your family. I mean, we all get that. But then there are other people on the other end of the spectrum. And they act like, well, you know, God doesn't really care about my daily decisions. I mean, I can just do what I want to and just ask God to bless it. I mean, I'm supposed to trust what's in my heart, right? Well, not exactly. Because the Bible does say that our hearts are desperately wicked. And there's so many times that we, we know that we may not have the right perspective, even though it's something we really want to do. I could give you some classic examples of wanting to do certain sin that you know the Bible forbids. And it's in your heart. I mean, try telling your wife that, you know, it's just in your heart to love this other woman and see how she responds, okay? Try telling God that it's just in your heart and yet you know that it's not what God would have you do. So how do you find direction? How do you make room in your heart for God's direction? Two passages this morning. I want to give you a a spoiler alert for some of you. You know both of these if you've gone to church a long time. Now, if you're new to church, then these may be fresh things from the scripture that you've never heard. But for some of you, you've heard these, and if you're not careful, you will let your familiarity make you miss the point. One thing I've found with the scripture, it's one thing to know it, It's another thing to do it, right? And these are passages that we need to do, that we need to take action on when we find ourselves needing direction from God. The book of James chapter 1 says in verse 5, if you lack wisdom, if you need perspective, ask God. He gives generously to all without reproach. And when you ask him, He will give it to you. But ask in faith with no doubting. Let's just stop right there. If you need wisdom, ask God. I guess first we ought to see if we can figure out what wisdom is. Basically, definition of wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective. It's seeing how things fit together. And if he's our creator and he's the master designer, then he has wisdom that we don't have. And so we're invited. As a matter of fact, we are instructed. If you lack wisdom, ask God. And when we ask him, what are we expecting? We're expecting that he's a person who has incredible character and trustworthiness. Look at what the scripture says about him. It says he gives generously. To all without reproach. He is willing. He is desiring. He is generous. He is merciful. We've been singing all those things. Why? Because that's who he is. He created us to have a relationship with him. He doesn't want us floundering around in the dark. If you have a decision to make and you find yourself desperately needing direction, why don't you ask a friend? problem is you're going to get only what your friend knows all right we're going to talk about asking a friend later right now why don't you ask the friend of all friends 
but he's even more than that. He's the designer, the creator, and in his heart, he generously wants to give. That's who he is. So the scripture says if you lack wisdom, then you're to come and to ask God. But notice what it says. It says you're to ask in faith. Now that, that used to freak me out because I couldn't figure out what it meant to ask in faith. Because there's some that say if you have enough faith, then you'll get your prayer answered. So what are they saying? Basically that you have faith in your faith, right? If you believe it hard enough... You can make it happen. But this verse is saying you don't even know what to ask to happen. I mean, you don't know what to do. You don't have direction. So how are you going to have faith in something that you don't even know what you're asking? So asking in faith is not having faith in what you're asking. Asking in faith is having faith in who you're asking. So you lack wisdom. You need direction. So you go to the one who's generous. We sang about how generous, how merciful he is. His mercy is more. We go to him and we say, God, I need you to give me perspective. And I need you to give me direction. And I'm coming to you to ask in faith in you. So what do we expect out of him? We expect him to respond according to the character that he's already demonstrated. Because he's trustworthy. And so we ask in faith and we don't doubt. What does it mean without doubting? Let's go back to that point I said. So you know you're trying to talk God into something. <laughs> and so you're asking God to do something. And so you're just going to ask him and you're going to ask him harder and you're going to ask him harder and he's going to do it. But that's not what the scriptures say. The scripture says you're going to God in faith before you have an answer. And you're asking him because you trust him before you have an answer. And you're not doubting what? You're not doubting the answer? No, you're not doubting what kind of answer he's going to give you. You're not trying to manipulate him. You're not trying to talk him into something. And you're prepared to do what he says when he says it. So let's break that down because the scripture actually comes and tells us more about what it means to ask in faith, not doubting. What's this not doubting stuff? Well, basically the, next, the verse goes on. Look at what it says. It says, for the one who doubts is like the wave that is driven and tossed by the wind. And that person should not expect he's going to get anything from the Lord because he's a double-minded man unstable in all his ways so we come to God for direction and we ask him to direct us but we're not at we're not doubting because we want his answer and we're prepared to do what he says after he answers let's talk about that not doubting and that double-minded for a minute no deal making you're not coming to God say okay God if you'll do this and I'll do that God, I need direction. If you'll let me do this, then I promise I'll do that. How many times have we seen people in deal making? It was a movie a long time ago, and I, I didn't even think about it till now, so I'm not dare going to try to remember the name. But I remember what happened. The guy was drowning, and he said, Oh, God, if you'll, if you'll, 
you know, if you'll save me, I'll do anything you want me to do. Oh, God, if you're really there and you'll save me, I'll do anything you want to do. And he starts swimming a certain direction. And then he starts seeing the shore. And he says, God, if you could just help me get there, I'll do anything you want me to do. And he starts getting close and he realizes he's going to make it. And he said, okay, God, thank you for this. And I'm not really sure I'm going to do anything you want me to do. You know, you could hear, you could hear how he was talking himself back out once he realized he was delivered. The scripture says that we're to ask by faith, not doubting, because we know God's answer is good. We've already decided that what he tells us we're going to do. So we've already made the decision to follow him, not doubting, because if we doubt who he is, and if we doubt we're going to do what he tells us, we're not going to receive anything, because God's not going to play any games. He's not going to make any deals. But if we come to him saying, I trust you, I know that you're good. I know that your way is right. I need you to lead me. We won't be double-minded. That phrase finds itself again in the book of James. I like when you look behind it to see what it means. It means daisuki, literally. That's, that's the Greek word, and it means double soul. What is a double-souled man? A man that's got one foot pointed toward heaven and one foot pointed toward earth. One that says he wants to do God's will. One that says he wants to be convenient. I hope that doesn't describe you this morning. I hope you'll just go ahead and make the decision that God's way is good and it's right and you can trust him. And that you'll decide ahead of time that when he gives you direction, that you'll make room in your life to not be double-minded. Notice the scripture says, that double-minded man should not suppose he'll get anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Have you noticed how one sin influences others? One sin that we cling to starts causing more sin in our life. One thing that we think we can just take control and ignore God starts making all the other dominoes fall. And sometimes you find somebody who's really argumentative and you know that that argumentative nature is just fruit of some unresolved conflict in the root of something that they've not been willing to make right. So unstable in all your ways because you're not open to let God do anything he wants and everything he wants in your life. So this passage tells us that when we need direction, that we should come to God and we should trust his answer. Now, I've got to stop for a minute because there's so many of you that I don't know personally and I don't want to assume anything. Do you know Christ? Do you understand why God sent his son? God sent his son because all of us need a savior. God sent his son because none of us are like him and we don't measure up. And so it's not a matter of did you sin more than somebody else. It's just a matter of have you sinned toward God, period. And if you have, you need a savior. And many of us in this room have come to realize that we're sinners and we desperately need forgiveness. We sang about it a lot. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't know it, but I'll tell you this, if you want God to give direction in your life, the starting point, the beginning point is for you to say, God, I come to you.
And first I ask for forgiveness. For I know I need a Savior and I need you to come into my life and change me from the inside out. So this New Testament passage says we come for wisdom, ready to do what he says. Now let's go to that Old Testament passage. The one in Proverbs that is so classic and so familiar. But remember, familiarity doesn't mean we've graduated because knowing and doing is not the same thing. I love it when parents take on scripture memory for their children. And when parents try to teach children to memorize scripture, and you say, well, they're too young to memorize. All right, well, what about that little kid on Facebook that can't even talk, that just mumbled his way through the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag? All right, he memorized something. And your kids can memorize scripture even when they're first learning to talk. And this is a great one for parents to teach children very young. I've, I've seen it in so many families that we're to trust in the Lord with all our heart. I remember we taught our children scripture memory by music because I've learned that when you put something to music, you remember it longer. So we made up little songs. And we followed, there was a little ABC plan, and you, all we like sheep have gone astray with A, B, but he was wounded for our transgressions. C was children obey your parents in the Lord. And a lot of the songs, we tried to make them a little cadence, a little march-like, so the kids would enjoy it. And I remember one night, our little toddler was walking around, and she was singing, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Ephesians 6, 1. And I looked at KK, I said, hey, we got her, all right? We're hiding God's word in her heart, and it's going to come back sometime when we say, hey, you need to do that, all right? Boy, what a great passage this is to memorize. But it's even greater to do. Because here's how I envision these two passages going together. James said you ought to come to God and you ought to ask because he's wise and you're not and you need it. It said that you ought to come believing his answer is going to be good and he's generous. And you're not going to doubt him and you're not going to doubt his ways and you're ready to do whatever he says. The proverb is like taking three color crayons. And now we're going to color in what this asking looks like. Three very simple things. We'll put them all on the screen at one time, all right? It, it's that we're going to trust in the Lord. We're going to reject our own understanding. And we're going to acknowledge him and his ways. We're going to make room for his direction. So what's the scripture saying? That God wants you on track. You know, some people have this idea of God that he's, he wants us to sin so he can slap us, you know? I mean, they just have this, this idea that God doesn't really like people, you know, because he's so holy and we're not. But that's why he sent Jesus, because he really loves people. And he wants us to be restored to him and walk with him. And so here the scripture says that we can trust him. We can go to him. We can go to him with all of our heart. Do you remember what Peter said to Jesus one day? Jesus was teaching and the teaching got hard and the people started leaving. And Jesus turned around to Peter and he said, do you want to go too? And Peter said, Lord, you alone 
have the words of life. This morning, if you need direction in your life, I want to tell you, he alone has the clarity and the wisdom and the direction for what you need. Now, you can turn to friends, but please don't turn to your friends first. First, turn to God and ask him what he wants. There have been so many times that KK and I were praying over a major decision, and I would, I'd say, wait, let's don't tell any of our friends right now because they'll tell us what they think. <laughs> you know, I, I'd like to know what God thinks. And later, I'll ask my friends if they can affirm that we're trying to find what God's really doing. So let's color this in. First, we ask God. We listen to him. We're reminded that he's holy and good and generous, and he wants to give his children what they need. So now let's talk about trusting in the Lord. Who do you trust? You know, trust is is pretty hard to come by these days for lots of reasons. And a lot of people we don't know well enough to know if we trust them or not. Somebody starts selling us something. KK and I bought some insurance recently. And, you know, we had to ask, do we really trust this guy? I mean, he sounds like he knows what he's doing. I, I looked at the website, and it seemed like it's a reputable organization. Can we really trust him? Let's take a moment and think about it. Who do you really trust? Who did you used to trust? Who's violated your trust? Is trust something that you earn? Well, humanly speaking, I, I think it is. Because you do something consistently, repeatedly, and people say, okay, I believe you. You're going to be there. I trust you. What has God done? Repeatedly, <laughs> regularly, day after day, he's had consistent, loving, just, merciful character. And now the scripture says we come to him and we trust in the Lord. There's a sense of entrusting that goes with this trust. We are we're taking our heart and we're giving it to him. Look what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What does it mean with all your heart? No games, no deals, holding nothing back. And there are times when you start to trust in the Lord. He says, well, could we talk about this first? <laughs> and you know what this is. Don't, don't overlook the scripture that makes clear if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You don't have to worry if God will forgive you. You just need to understand he cannot give the exchange of forgiveness until you ask. He's forgiving, ready to forgive 
we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we come to him and we trust him and we trust him with all of our heart. No games, holding nothing back. Second call of Koran. How do we ask God? We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We lean not on our own understanding. Now, I don't want you to think understanding is a bad thing, okay? Understanding is throughout the book of Proverbs. You find it all kinds of places. And having wisdom without understanding is kind of empty because you don't know how to put wisdom into practice. But the modifier here, the clarifier here, is your own understanding. I really believe that when we come to God for direction, we intentionally, this not accidentally, we intentionally say to him, I'm rejecting my own understanding. I'm just going to come to you, God. I, I'd encourage you, no matter your age, why don't you come to God and, and when you pray, why don't you let it sound something like this? God, I'm just a kid. I'm just a child. You're the father and you've got so much greater perspective than me. So I come to you and admit that I probably haven't figured this out because I don't have a clue what's around the next corner and you do. So how do you find God's direction? You trust in the Lord with all your heart. You reject self-reliance and you reject your own understanding. But then the verse goes on. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What does that mean, in all your ways, to acknowledge him? Well, the NIV says, in all your ways, submit to him. <clears throat> the Holman says, in all your ways, think about him. The Christian Standard Bible says, in all your ways, know him. I remember years ago reading a translation that says, in all your ways, make him known. So when we're seeking direction from the Lord, we trust in him. We admit that we don't understand. And we say, God, in this problem, in this circumstance, I want to know you. I want to know what you're like. I want you to give me leadership. I want you to direct me. And I'm willing to tell others that I, you are the source of what I'm looking to and who I'm looking for. So let's put it all together. James 1 says, if you need wisdom, ask God. Come in faith, trusting that his ways are right. Don't doubt because you're ready to do whatever he says. You still don't know it yet, but you're not doubting him or what his answer might be like. And you're not going to be double-minded trying to Take what God says and inspect it. And if you like it, do it. And if you don't like it, not do it. But you're saying, God, I'm totally committed to you and walking with you. And the proverb says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And reject your own personal understanding because it's not enough. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. And not all the proverbs are promises that you can just say, I'm going to do this and watch that. Some of them are just sayings of this normally happens. This is a routine thing of what's going on in life. But this one says, if you'll acknowledge him 
in all your ways. You can count on it. He's going to direct your paths. Now, here's part of the problem with God directing our paths. Sometimes we don't like where he leads us. I remember one time we were, KK and I were serving in a church right after seminary, and we, uh, we got in this church, and once we started serving there, we realized it was a mess. They didn't tell us that before we got there. We got there, and a lot of the people had problems with the pastor, and a lot of the people with a lot of side-taking going on, and Man, it was just a miserable conflict all the time. So one night we put the kids to bed. For those of you with little kids, you know what that's like. It's like finally they're in bed. Now we can talk. We, we put the kids to bed. And we were so tired, we just went and laid across our bed. And we prayed. And the prayer went something like this. God, what do we do when we miss you? What do we do when we're on a path that obviously you didn't want us to take? And it was like the whispering from God in our hearts said, you didn't miss me. This is a path that I've put you on so I can teach you lessons you couldn't learn any other way. This morning, if you found yourself on a path you don't like, let's, let's, let's check it out. Are you there because you've sinned and you need to get something right so God can redirect you? Are you there because he is directing you and he's put you in a place so he can teach you some things you couldn't learn any other way? Seminary professor dying of cancer said, I've been to the bottom, and it's solid. You can trust the Lord. I don't know what you're asking direction for this morning. That's one of the bad things about preaching is that I can't just keep asking you questions to see how to apply the text. But I do know enough about how we live life here on planet Earth to say, if you need God's direction this morning, I don't mean to make it so formulaic. I'm just trying to make it what the scripture says. Ask him. He wants to give you direction. Believe what he's going to tell you is good. Decide ahead of time you're going to do what he says. And trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't hold anything back. And tell him that you know your understanding is not good enough. And that you want to acknowledge him wherever you go and whatever you do. You want to know him more. And he will direct your paths. I don't know if you caught it, but I promised a moment ago that we would talk about friends. All right? So let's, now that we've gotten the primary way out of the way, some of you say, but, oh, I'm just, I'm such a baby Christian. I don't really know my Bible. I mean, what do I do? Can I ask somebody for help? Let me give you a few ways to quantify who and when you ask for help. God does use other people to help us see his path. And we often say church is not like a family. Church is a family. 
And if we'll let each other be family to each other, we'll do what real family is supposed to do. Now, maybe your family's dysfunctional. I could tell you all of mine. Uh, but if, we, if it's family like God intended, your family tells you what you need with no strings attached. I mean, if it's real family, they want it to work out well for you. They want to tell you the truth. So they're going to tell you if they see it's good or bad, if, if they're real family. So here's the test. When you want to ask somebody to help you find direction, ask these questions. Does this friend live a life that demonstrates he's trusting in God? Does this friend demonstrate that he's not relying on his own smarts? Does this friend want God involved in every situation? And if you can find a good answer to those questions, go sit down with that friend. Not first, but after you've done these things. And say, hey, friend, help me. Am I missing anything? Am I doing what I ought to do? Please don't go through life not acknowledging that God has a plan and he's got a path for you to walk. Make room in your heart to find God's direction. Would you pray with me? Maybe this morning you're in a crisis. Maybe this morning it's something to do with your job. Maybe it's relationships at work. Maybe it's a family problem. Maybe it's a friend problem. What do you do? If a certain verse comes to mind and you think of what God's already said in his word, that's what you ought to do. Forgive, love, turn the other cheek. What things he's already made very clear. But what do you do when you don't know what to do? With all your heart, come to the one who knows everything and trust him. And just get it right up front. God, I'm not depending on me. I need you. And ask him to be involved. Ask him to lead. Let him know that you want to know him. Even in the process of directing you. So, Father, thank you for your word and how you meet us at the moment of our need. And I pray today, Lord, for those desperately needing something from you, that this would be a moment that they would open their lives up to you, lay down whatever may be hindering their conversation with you, and ask you to direct their paths. So we look to you even now in worship.
In the name of Jesus, we pray.